Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, before we get into our passage for the week, we want to announce an upcoming opportunity. Heritage Bible Church will be sponsoring a four-day marriage tune-up seminar beginning April 22nd for four consecutive Wednesday evenings from 6.30 to 7.30 at HBC in Boise. Dr. Tom Westall will be presenting 14 topics aimed to strengthening and protecting your marriage. I've said this before, but the best time to attend a seminar like this is when you don't yet need it. But there's something here for everyone, married or contemplating marriage, whether your marriage is cruising along or hitting some bumps in the road. And you are all invited to come and join us for all or any of those days beginning April 22nd at 630 at no charge. And we know it will be valuable. Well, for this week, we find ourselves finishing up Mark chapter 6. Right after the feeding of the 5,000 men and their families, the disciples piled into the boat yet again. But this time, Jesus told them to go on without him so that he could go pray alone. And this set the stage for another miraculous display of Jesus' divine authority over every aspect of creation. Have you ever found yourself face-to-face with the divine reality of Jesus' word and who he really is, and were still too dense to get it? Well, of course you have. We all have. And as we'll see in this passage, Jesus' disciples still didn't get it either. And that's just another demonstration of just how great he is and how comparatively small we are. And just how hard and unreceptive our hearts can be to what he offers us, even as we commit our lives to follow him. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, Take Courage, It Is I. Jesus is alone on the land, and these guys are rowing away from him along the northern edge of the Sea of Galilee. And the more time that passed, the greater the distance between Jesus and that boat. Well, they got in the boat because faith obeys. Now, next principle. Faith leads you into trouble. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, do you understand that in order for you to have trouble in this world, you don't need to do anything wrong? That's one of the blasphemous things that many of the uh, health and wealth and the new apostolic revival preachers are preaching, that you know, you're supposed to have everything good and comfortable, and, and you're supposed to have your health, you're supposed to have your, your wealth and all that, and, and if you don't, the way they get out of having to face the fact they're preaching a false message, they say, it's your fault. You don't have enough faith. You're not doing enough for the Lord. That's not true. Now, sure, you you can choose to do sinful things, and you will reap painful consequences. But you can also do exactly what the Lord asks you to do, 
and you can get into awful circumstances. And it happened to those 12 guys that night. Look at verse 48, Mark 6. Seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them. At about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and he intended to pass by them. I'll get to that last phrase in a minute. Now, John's gospel implies that Jesus must have told them that he was going to meet them when they reached Bethsaida on their way to Capernaum. Um, And his disciples had no reason to expect anything other than they would take a quiet boat trip during the night across the, uh, across the northern part of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus would eventually walk along the, the land and they would connect there. Um, they were very accustomed to a quiet boat ride across part of the Sea of Galilee. That would have been no problem for them. Now, there's something wonderful here tucked away in this verse, in that phrase, seeing them straining at the oars. Now remember, we've got this laid out for us. Jesus was on land, up on the mountain, the the hill, praying. The more time went by, the farther they rode away from where He was. The boat was getting farther and farther away from Him. Now don't forget, everything in Mark is designed to show you that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the God-man, and this one shows it in a very clear way. Jesus was fully aware of their predicament, even before it happened. Not only was He aware of it, He could could see them straining at the oars. He was in control of that whole situation. Now, He was too far away to see them physically, and they left probably around uh, twilight, um, now a storm has arisen. It's dark. Only God could see them like that. This is a miracle. The, the fourth watch of the night, the other detail that Mark puts in here, was between 3 and 6 a.m. The Jews described night in terms of spans of four watches. 6 to 9 p.m. was the evening. Second watch was 9 to midnight. Third watch was midnight to about 3 a.m. And the fourth watch was about 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. or sunup. So the disciples had left sometime before 9 o'clock. They'd been rowing for 6, 7, 8 hours. In calm waters, they would have been there well before then. And here... John 6.19 specifies they'd really only gone about three or four miles. Now think about this. All of Jesus' plans for inaugurating the next phase of the kingdom program of God was all tied, all those plans were tied to the men who were in that boat. He got a lot at risk here, doesn't he? Except it's not a risk when you're in control of it. Obviously, this was part of his plan for training them. I don't remember which commentator one it was, but one captured it by saying, both the twelve and the tempest were in his hands. My friends, you don't ever need to doubt the omniscience of God when you see something like this demonstrated by 
the Son of God. This is a statement of his omniscience. What is omniscience? Well, it's a, it comes from two Latin roots. Omni means all. Science means knowledge. You won't find the word omniscience in your Bible because you're not reading it in Latin, but you'll find the, the concept there. It means knowing everything. The omniscience of God is one of His spectacular attributes. Proverbs 15.3, The eyes of the Lord are in every place. It doesn't mean walk carefully or you'll step on an eyeball. It means He knows everything. He's watching the evil and the good. Or Job 31 verse 4 says it this way, Does He not see my ways and number all my steps? He knows where I am and He's in charge. New Testament version, one of them is Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13, speaking of uh, Scripture in the verse before, and he says this, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Now, we, we might think in terms of uh, a secret sin, and yes, you can keep a lot of your sins secret from a lot of people, but there's no such thing as a secret sin before the Lord. It's all open to His scrutiny. Now, in light of that, what Mark says shouldn't surprise you. Jesus, on the land, in the dark, with a storm at sea, seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them, at about the fourth watch of the night, He came to them walking on the sea. Jesus found the disciples that night by GPS, God's providential search system. The omniscient Son of God never abandoned His men to that storm. He knew exactly where they were and how He was going to deliver them. The tense of the Greek participle that's translated walking connotes steady progress unhindered by the waves. I, I kind of doubt that Jesus' robe even got splashed as He walked through those rocky, not rocky, those uh, unsettled waters. I picture him completely unaffected by the waves and the winds. Now, the last part of that there says, and he intended to pass by them. That, that sounds strange, and it is, it is a little bit strange. Um, there's a difficult translation there, but the sense seems to be that he desired to come alongside of them. In other words, he, he didn't just walk right up and, and grab the boat and make everything right. He, he came a parallel to the boat to see if they were going to recognize him and his supernatural power and if they would invite him aboard. Now remember, these guys are stretched thin. They are exhausted. And on top of that exhausting preaching tour and the exhausting day and, and, and all the feeding of the thousands and picking up the twelve baskets, which I fancy are in the back of the boat, covered up for safekeeping, they, they're, they're, they've been rowing all night. They've got to be exhausted. They aren't at their best. And Jesus comes to them. So we see that faith obeys. Faith leads you into trouble. You can do exactly what the Lord wants you to do, and you can get into great trouble. That leads us to this. Faith requires courage. Those guys knew the Sea of Galilee well. 
Most of them made their living there as fishermen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.